always fun. Mike. It is. This is we're throwing Mike right into the deep end of the conversational pool. That that's what's happening. That's good. And and where are you physically, Mike? I'm in Aspen, Colorado. Boy, well, you know, and, and obviously that could mean why why you call it Aspen Labs. So I get it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> have you that's, have you always uh, been in Aspen? Does have it you, happen, you have any snow yet, Mike? Yeah, you know, I'm a Chicago guy, and uh, I moved to Aspen about 25 years ago when I just didn't enjoy the cloudy weather that rolled in in November and rolled back out in March. And so we came out to Aspen for a year or so on a trial, and 25 years later, here we are still here. Yeah, yeah there's uh, quite a bit of snow. There's a huge amount of snow in the Rockies this year. We got, got early it. snow, and we got a lot of snow. So uh, oh, usually February always there's always great kind of snow and skiing in February, but um, this year it's particularly good. That's great. Do you do a lot of skiing? You know, I do a bit. Uh, there's, you know, people don't kind of think about it if you're not from here, but I do uphilling. We do touring. We kind of do a whole bunch of different stuff cross country. So wow. one of my one of my kind of regular workouts is to climb up halfway up uh, snowmass. And then you you know you have skins on your skis, and then you pull them off at the top, and then ski down. It's oh pretty God. popular, but you don't know about it unless you live here, you know. So I never could. Get, I'm not. I'm not a good skier. I couldn't do it. I can skate, oh. but the skiing for me, I'm. I can go down. I can go fast. Can't stop. And the turning is difficult. Also, I used to do yeah. winter camping with my cousins up in New Hampshire, and we would do cross country. And uh, I'm not much from an athletic point of view. And, you know, so so a six mile trail through, you know, the mountains and forest was not my not the best thing. And then mm. and then this trail was also the uh, trail that these athletes used. And the guy would go past you so fast on that six mile and you would only go a mile further and he'd be coming back from his six mile. <laughs> trail. And you're going. Yeah. Um, this is a little out of my league. <laughs> they're, they're, they're crazy athletes. I mean, my kids who grew up skiing are at a completely different level. I always make the joke of my oldest son. I, when he says, do you want to go skiing? I'm like, do you mean you want to ride the gondola up once with me? And then I don't see you the rest of the day. <laughs> and then there was, there's this crazy race that it's once a year. And it was this week, this past weekend, it's called the power of four. We have four mountains here and you, they skin up to the top of one then over down, up, down, up, down, all the mountains. It takes like, I don't know, seven or eight hours for those same people who are running past you on your thing. And, you know, I've, some of my friends have done it who are in pretty good shape and it's the most miserable experience of my life. Well, well, my, I can promise you you, in the next 20 minutes, you will see less exertion than, than even putting a pair of skis on. How's that? All right. All right. right, You guys ready to go? Ready to go. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here.
Okay, everybody, we're going to jump right in. We've got a lot to talk about today. My name is Chris Hoyt. I am your host for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, as you join us for the Recruiting Community Podcast, we are streaming uh, on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course, cxr.org slash podcast. You can, of course, go there as well to see past and future episodes that are scheduled. Uh, and <laughs> what we have noticed, I'm going to mention this because somebody called me out last week. What we have noticed uh, a lot about podcasts, even the ones that we really, really love, is there is about 20 or 30 minutes of really great conversation. And the rest of the show seems to have a lot of ads. Now, we're just doing the conversation part. So, so there is no sponsorship. So if you are hearing from a founder or a CEO like today that might be at a solutions company, it's because we love what they have to say and we think it should be heard, not because they necessarily paid to be here or there was any kind of trade. Now, there that does come apparently with one exception. Uh, and I'm going to bring that up simply because this is what somebody called me out on. My, my show drink cup has apparently been a standing Red Branch media ad uh, this was a gift, I don't even remember how many, maybe two years ago. So Marin Hogan can maybe chime in uh, over at Red Branch. So apparently that is the only ad placement that we have ever had on the show and continue to have there. So I'll bring in uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Crispin. Jerry, how are you? I'm I'm wonderful. And and yeah, Mar Marin is a good good one to have a permanent little ad for. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah she does good work. She's good people. Uh, and she's, yeah. she's all in in the space. We love it. I had no idea we'd been doing product placement. Uh, for her, that this whole show. So you have to be paying attention. You have to be watching, I guess, to catch that. I have to think about that. I have some old sweatshirts I should be wearing of companies that once were in our space, but no longer are. So it might be product placement for those that are gone. Yeah. That, well, that could be kind of it. Like those, well, like last week, we talked about the career builder dolls that yeah. are no longer in circulation. I got right career mosaic, us. OCC, you know, we're good. Uh -huh. <laughs> the OG, the OG stuff in our space. So uh, you got to pay the piper. Uh, so the first couple of minutes on the show, I do want to I do want to announce two things. Jerry and I want to talk about really quickly. We have a new initiative. Uh, it's a new membership level at Career Crossroads, and we're calling it Community Up. You can find the details out at cxr.org slash up. Uh, but the idea here is it's for displaced TA professionals who are either alumni or, or whom a current or former CXR leader refers, right? So these are for, this membership is specifically for folks who are no longer currently working uh, and are referred by a leader from within uh, our existing community or alumni community. It is a and full special price, I'm sure, right? What's that, Jerry? Special price. Spe special price of free. <laughs> it, it is a, a free. It is a full membership, uh, live virtual content, the whole thing. And the membership is valid through the 60th day at their new employer. Right. So every person will still get interviewed uh, and each referrer is going to get contacted directly. Uh, and we have that one requirement because we do maintain that CXR is not a community for everyone, uh, but that everyone within that community obviously needs to be vetted. It's a very curated list of folks that are in there. I don't know, Jerry, if you want to share anything else about. No, I was just thinking about you know, whether we want to vet the, you know, the, the displaced person, but I, I probably not. But, but but I would probably whisper in their ear that, you know, you won't make a good member when you come here. <laughs> if that It's going to be great. We're excited about it. Uh, so CXR.org slash up. 
Uh, there is a form there for you to fill out if you are referring somebody or if you're interested and someone has referred you over, you can fill that out, let you know. We're excited to welcome you uh, and in some cases welcome you back. So check that out. Uh, the other thing I think we want to call out CXR lectures. Now, for those who don't know, monthly, uh, uh, we do a lecture series. We bring in a speaker. We bring in several, one a month from around the world. Uh, and that is typically a members only benefit. However, uh, on March 16th, Glenn Cathy, who is currently the SVP Consulting Principal Workforce Advisory Digital Strategy uh, over at Randstad and a good friend of ours whom we have known for quite a long time. Uh, he is going to do a session on including introversion within DEI strategies. Uh, and we're pretty pumped about that. I'll give you, I'll just, for those who are listening, I'll give you the quick uh, spiel. Uh, and the description that goes with that. So if you want to share this forward, but introverts apparently account for, for one in three people uh, of all genders, ethnicities, races, and ages. And unfortunately, the unconscious uh, extrovert ideal uh, uh, present in many of those organizations sort of leads to environments, I guess, where introverts feel as if they, they don't belong or where they earn or get promoted less uh, than their counterparts, their extroverted counterparts. So what Glenn's going to do is share his experience and insights uh, from navigating that world of work as an introvert. Uh, and he's going to help folks to make the case for including uh, introversion in um, uh, neurodiversity, diversity and inclusion efforts. Right. And, and even offer up a couple of practical suggestions for creating environments in which introverts can actually thrive. Right. And, and bring their completely authentic selves to work. I think it's, it's great. I, you know, I've been watching, uh, the transparency with which Glenn has talked about introversion over probably 10 years. <clears throat> and I, I've continued to see it evolve to a point where I, I am constantly amazed and inspired every time he talks about this, this subject, as well as how it leaks over to so many other areas within diversity and inclusion. Um, and, and I think informs us in a way that uh, we can take some action. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Well, I mean, anytime Glenn gets on stage, it's just knowledge bombs left and right. So so March 16th uh, is part of Neurodiversity Week, and we're celebrating by opening that lecture up to everybody. So anybody that wants to attend alongside our members is encouraged uh, to head over to cxr.org slash events and register for that. March 16th is going to be a lot of fun. All right. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump in. We've got uh, a pretty great guest today who has never been on the show yet. Please go ahead and welcome Mike. Mike Woodrow, how are you, Mike? Doing great. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for uh, inviting me. I appreciate it. So we're excited to have you. You've got some really cool data points you're going to share today for, for TA leaders and practitioners. But before we jump in, Mike, can you can you kind of give us an escalator pitch of who is Mike Woodrow and, and why should our watchers and listeners care what, what you have to say? Well, sure. Thanks. So, yeah, Aspen Tech Labs, we've been around for about 15 years and we're, we're very well known in the TA tech space, but not so well known in the uh, uh, corporate employer space. And why is that? You know, we actually power uh, the back end of online at, uh, recruitment advertising. So what does that mean? We, um, our customers are job boards, advertising agencies, uh, firms like that. And they ask us to collect jobs data from probably many of the people who are watching this, your companies and uh, clean that data, deliver it to them in their format so that they can post those jobs on their advertising platforms to get 
most of you candidates. So just to give you some scope, we collect jobs every day from about 130,000 companies globally uh, in about 120 countries. So it's a lot of jobs data right now, you know, given the slowdown in the market, you know, there's about 9 million jobs in our, what we call our jobs index um, down from, you know, some bigger numbers, you know, a a few months ago, I can show you some data on that. So we're really all about jobs data. That's who we are. Uh, We're not about candidate data. We're not about candidates. We're about the jobs data and just kind of putting it in a good format, making it easy for candidates to apply because the jobs data is clean. Does that make sense? Oh, I think you're muted, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, looked like you had as, as you're talking about what you're 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 doing, what occurred to me is that for probably 50, 60 years, the conference board has had a jobs index. Hmm. And in the 2000, 2002 range, they started to shift over to a digital approach to that from a, a paper approach that had been around for about 50 years. And I wondered if you'd ever had some conversations with the conference board, because it seems to me that the base of what you do could supply an economic indicator. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. So when I talk about kind of the things that, that, that are going now, one of the things that's interesting is we used to just collect those jobs for our customers and deliver them. Now, in the last year or so, we've pooled those jobs and you know, it, it sounds, you know, maybe it doesn't sound that easy, but you collect all these jobs from these different companies, but they're all different in different formats and everything. So br- aggregating them and bringing them together in one format is a little bit complicated. So we just kind of, we, we really kind of um, covered that last year. So now we've got this large pool of jobs that that we can make sense from and do things like that. We're working with the Colorado Chamber of Commerce to provide them um, um, a quarterly report. What's going on in Colorado with jobs? How many jobs are, uh, you know, have salary transparency? Who's hiring? Who are the largest em- new employers, you know, versus last quarter, that kind of thing. So yes, there's lots of cool stuff that we're, that we're doing. And hopefully I'll show you a little bit of it. Um, cool. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're up to. And, you know, just one, one aside that I think is kind of interesting, you guys can go down this road if you want to, but January 1st last year, uh, 99% of our employees were living and working in Ukraine. So uh, that was January 1st, 2022. So basically everyone except for me or me and a few other people were living and working in Ukraine. So 20, that was January 1st, 2022, right? And so um, we have had kind of a crazy, you know, last year or whatever. I mean, the, everything you read about the Ukrainian people, I can attest to hardworking, loyal, caring you know and so uh we moved some people out we had we moved some people out before the war during the war it's it's difficult to do that because men can't leave but we've moved a lot of people around i always make the joke we moved grannies we moved cats we moved anybody who wanted to move around that we could and so uh while we were pulling all this job status together we had this uh ukrainian um effort that was going on so uh it's been interesting year or so for us for sure Good for you. I love that. Good for you. Yeah. And I will tell you, so I have had some interactions because we've looked at this report and Mike, you and I've been talking on and off for months, but uh, I've had some interaction with your team and I have to tell you, they're all, they're all fantastic. So I really love the team that's over at Aspen Tech Max. They're great. Yeah. We've been really fortunate. And I think um, it's just an example. I mean, if you take care of your people, 
you know, people all pull together. And so, uh, yeah, we feel pretty good about that. And, um, but you know, it's also, you read about all this in the news, but I talk to these people every day. And one of my most senior people is, uh, has an apartment that's right near kind of like an anti-missile battery. So, you know, three nights a week for that period, like from October to December, you know, that thing was firing. And so you just, you know, we're all sitting here. I'm in Aspen, Colorado, right? We talked about that. So, you know, you have to um, just, I don't know, appreciate what you have and do the best you can, I yeah. guess, right? I'm sure it's quite surreal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I do, I do want to jump into this because you do have a report, uh, this business intelligence report that the team's put together. And I think it'd be really helpful. I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, the report's available to anybody. Right. Anybody yeah, the report's available to anybody. And not only that, you know, our business has been built on on free trials. So we always say to anybody, if you have something that you think we might be able to help you with, just ask for it. We'll do it for you. And, you know, if it works out over the long run, great. If it doesn't, then, hey, we learned something, you learned something and we can we can part friends. So, yeah. So we're going to show you some data here. But if it if it if it piques some interest in one area or another, even something that we don't that we're not showing you, just let us know. We'll put together a custom report for you. And, um, and then we'll see what comes from that. Okay. Cool. So I've got, so you sent it to me, so I've got it. I'm going to go ahead and throw it up on the screen. Uh, oh, let's do this. Let's share so we can still see our faces. And then I'm going to put a URL up uh, for anybody at cxr.org slash Aspen snapshot, all one word, Aspen snapshot, where you can download a copy of this. It'll direct you over there to grab it. So, so Mike, we've got it up on the screen. If I was going to ask you, well, I'm just going to ask you if you've got three bullets, three three big powerful data points or data stories that you would want to showcase to TA leaders and practitioners uh, out of this out of this report. What would what would those be? What would you share and say, hey, heads up, you should be paying attention to this. I mean, sure. So, um, so I think that, you know the most important thing to TA leaders would be kind of who's hiring, what's going on in your market. That's something that we can put together. Um, so we have market um, a market summary. And let me just see which uh, which page are we talking about. So and I can jump. Yeah, I can jump to any slide. Yeah, you if you if you jump to number seven, you can just kind of show that. Let's see. Um, so you know, in, in a market, we can say, hey, who you know, who's hiring um, in the market? How many jobs are there in various places? So really, kind of competitive information from who's hiring. How many IT jobs are there available in your market? Maybe you're looking for. Um, Maybe you're looking for IT people in Chicago and gosh, you're having a really hard time filling the positions and you're getting a lot of pressure from management about that. You can go look and see, hey, these are the other firms that are hiring. This is one of the challenges that we're having in our market. So um, so that's something that's certainly interesting. I think probably, you know, and then go to the next slide, number eight. This mm -hmm. is just kind of some trend information that we were talking about before. This is the S&P 500. We track this. So if you look, I mean, it's really no surprise. You know, the numbers peaked, you know, November and December yeah. up, uh, you know, over a million uh, open vacancies. And then you can see how they've slid down towards that 800,000 number right now. So still a lot of jobs available in the Fortune 500, but, you know, 20% is a pretty big drop um, over a short period of time. So that's something that, uh, you know, that, that's interesting. Um, you know, the, 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 the most interesting thing is really what we call wage benchmarking. So as most of you know, there's salary transparency requirements in a lot of states like Colorado and New York City and California, and that's a trend that's coming. Um, the Chambers of Commerce and you know are fighting it, 
you know, in some cases, because most small and medium-sized employers aren't really big fans of salary transparency, but um, it's common and, it, and it's really here to stay. And candidates want salary transparency. So that's something. So a couple of things moving, you know, in the same direction, um, regulation and employee and candidates wanting it. So that's going to keep going. But with the, po the power of that for you as, as employers is to find out, you know, your competitive, the competitive stuff we were talking about a few minutes ago, what are people offering? What are your competitors offering in the same markets? You can just go look and find that information with, uh, with wage benchmarking. So that's really, that's really, I think, the most powerful thing for, uh, for talent acquisition managers is being able to do wage benchmarking. It was really never available before. Sure, salary.com and there was historical, you know, um, um, you know self-reported salary, that kind of stuff. That mm -hmm. was all out there, but it was old. It was a little bit out of date. And now we're saying, hey, we've got wage benchmarking. When you talk about out of date, it's yesterday's job posting. Right. So it's 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 real time and uh and you'll see what people are offering now it's only 26 percent as we're showing here but um but that's that's going to be growing you know anecdotally we're seeing and more and more candidates who by and large are learning about the importance of pay transparency from their perspective and as a result um employers are starting to, to, to realize that, that they are, if they're a laggard, if they're not showing pay transparency in their postings uh, for whatever reason, um, they're starting to get a pushback and they're also starting to see fewer candidates from some of the cohorts applying as a result of that. And, and so from my perspective, I'd be interested in seeing a percentage of the job openings that have pay. Mm -hmm. So what sort of like the an index of the degree of transparency of pay in job postings, how that's growing uh, over time, uh, because it's influencing, if you will, candidate behavior at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can, we can share that with you. I mean, you see 26% now, and that's certainly up from about 15% last year because California and some other states have come online. But I mean, even, even in those states, you're not seeing full transparency. So, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's here, it's coming and the information is super valuable, super valuable. Yeah. And let, and I just add for those who are listening and not watching. So we've got a slide up uh, that the Aspen uh, tech team has put together. It does show 5.6 million total vacancies that are included in this. And uh, Mike, tell me if I get this wrong, but we're showing 1.4 million of those uh, those vacancies with salary. So those yeah. have been included, which is about a 20, 26%. But what it goes a little step further, and I think this is, Jerry, what you were talking about is yeah. it, it's showing by state the transparency levels. And what's really interesting to me is like Colorado is only at 62%. Yeah. Right? Uh, right? I'm at 62%. Uh, California, just over 50%, right? These are jobs posted with salaries in them. Washington, 45, New York at 41. Uh, and those four states, uh, as it shows here, it's visually displayed, they're blue bars, which means those are where states actually require salary <laughs> transparency. I know, but it is showing as a result of that, that they are at the top of that scale. Yeah. Um, it Unfortunately, it tells you also that in order to move the needle you've got to you got to pass a law as opposed to an agreement on people to do it but it is what it is um yeah, I, companies, I companies don't, don't generally want to do it 
but um but candidates do and you know so it's coming and, and, and like i said it's super interesting and then you asked me for three things and so the third thing that i would say and i think this is a pretty important takeaway for talent acquisition people is you need to make sure that your jobs are formatted properly for google for job schema there's no reason that you should be paying for clicks with advertisers when Google for jobs will deliver these jobs directly to your ATS for free. And so if, if your tech team's not on that or your ATS isn't, you need to get in touch with them because there's, there's like, you know, be, because all we deal with their jobs data, we just, we wake up every morning kind of thinking about this. And I mean, just there's, there's another slide that's up here. There's something we call jobs control and this isn't a selling pitch, but knowing, knowing where your jobs are, you know, we're collecting jobs, we're delivering them, you know, hopefully they're in places that you want them to be for your brand, but you should know about that. And then here's another important thing, other than just the, 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 the Google schema, Google now cares about street address. Okay. And so a very small percentage of jobs have street address listed in them. And why does Google care about it? Because Google is getting very specific about jobs near me and location, et cetera. They wanna know where these jobs are. And it's not just Google wants to know, Google cares about it because people care about it. So you need to get your street address and your location information in your job postings. It will deliver huge amounts of traffic over time. So Mike, so, I'm, gonna, look, I'm just gonna ask you, I gotta interrupt you and ask you, I remember was it like five years ago when this five or six, the whole Google jobs, they're taking pictures of help wanted signs on maps. And it's, if you don't have your location in, you're going to suffer. And this is going to be game changing for jobs near me. I mean, are we, was that just wildly aspirational? And you think we're finally to a point where that really has an impact? Cause it kind of seemed like the last couple of years are just sort of a rounding error. I mean, it has a huge impact for the high volume jobs like retailers, Target, Amazon, um, Home Depot, those kind of people, those kind of companies. People look for those jobs, jobs near me. And if the Home Depot comes up, they're going to be more likely to apply. And so Google for Jobs is for real. And people go to Google. So, you know, sure, you know, Indeed is a powerhouse. There's no question about that. But you want to have your jobs. For, and it's easy to do it, right? You yeah. just put the street address. You know what the street address of the Starbucks location is because you put store location 3240. You know what that street address is. So get it in there and let's get it on the internet because we're collecting all these jobs and we're going to deliver it through to the advertisers. The, the irony, Mike, is that because so many employers aren't paying Google, if you will, because it's mm -hmm. free, they're only tracking the 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 use of of places where they're paying for it. And so Google becomes the other. So it's the it's the stuff we're not tracking that's getting us the most response, but we don't know what that is because we're not tracking it. Yeah, and, I mean, and indeed, so if we can learn one thing, you should be tracking the return that you're getting from Google. And what you're saying is that with a number of fixes in terms of how you position yourself, you can significantly increase the return you're getting from Google, which is free. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Indeed was, you know, all, oh, we're not going to be on Google for jobs. Well, that's changed. 
So if you're paying Indeed for applications and that job is on Google for jobs, why wouldn't you want your direct ATS showing up on Google for jobs? Get that application for free and use your talent acquisition dollars most effectively. So sure. I know that's not the, the yeah. point here, but it really is a big takeaway is get your jobs data in order on your end and we'll make sure to collect it through and deliver it through so that you can get um, you know, the best bang for your buck. I, just, I love when really great nuggets of wisdom boil down to one of the things that has been a challenge in, in recruitment for the last 30 some odd years is just a good job description. Just just the details that people need to make informed decisions. It's some of the lowest hanging fruit that none of us seem to be able to tackle efficiently and, and really, really well at scale. Uh, it just comes down to get, get your shop in order. Clean it up. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and if, so, somebody, if somebody needs some help with that, click on one of the links or something and just say, hey, I don't know where to start. And we'll give you a few tips to get going, and then you can run off and do, you know, do your thing. Great. We, we might, Chris, we might want to look at a uh, – a quick, a quick small workshop on, you know, how to improve your Google return ROI. Could, could be, could be. Look, if you haven't, if you haven't grabbed the URL already, if you're interested in getting a copy of this report, and I think uh, Mike, you also said you do some custom reports and you're in the land of the free trials. Uh, there's the king in the land of the free trials. Uh, it's cxr.org slash Aspen snapshot, all one word, and that'll redirect you to the report. Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot. We didn't warn you in advance. Uh, if you're going to write a book about the state of things right now, and it could be an output of your report, some big findings, just what you think is going on in the space right now, what would the title of the book you would write be? What would you title that book? Um, I would probably just title it something like Hang In There. <laughs> <laughs> I love this that. This is... You know, the, for, for those of us on the service side of the talent acquisition and the advertising, online advertising space, the market held up extraordinarily well through COVID, mm -hmm. through all this. You know, we, so, I mean, just to give you some, a quick snapshot, I mean, we add scrapes and cancel scrapes every month, right? Because we're, we're adding, not our customers are adding new customers and they're sure. losing customers. So, um, so in a typical, you know, in, in a regular month for the last few years, we've been growing, you know, like 20%, something like that, you know, annually. And so, but for the last few months, you know, we added like 400 scrapes and we lost about 500. So just a, you know, a little drop in the numbers, but you know, it's still, it's, we're, st we're still adding 400 new scrapes. So people are signing on and, you know, people are hiring. And so I would say, hang in there. I mean, there, there's the other thing, one thing I'll say is there's a big difference between, the kind of rank and file workers at Target and Walmart and those folks and software engineers, you know, there's just a big difference in, in that. And so yeah. um, Target and those guys, they're hiring. There's just a lot of movement. They're hiring. They need people. And everybody, you know, friends of mine who own restaurants, they were always one or two, you know, for the last year, they've been one or two people short in the kitchen mm -hmm. or in the, mm -hmm. you know, dishwasher or whatever. So all those jobs are kind of filling up all again at that lower level, the higher level, you know, the IT people and the product managers and all those folks, it's a different market. It's still hard to hire those people. It's still, you know, it's still challenging. There, there are some people out from the layoffs, but um, they're picky. And, uh, and the best people are 
still at their employers. So it, you, you kind of, you can't look at just the entire employment market and be like, okay, what's happening. So there's different things happening in the different parts of the market, but, uh, but the market held up really well and companies are still hiring. And you saw that 800,000 jobs in the S and P 500, that's not a small number. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I just say kind of hang in there. Um, depends kind of who you are. You know, if you're the people who are listening, maybe they can hang in there. They got to keep firing, you know, yeah. get, take advantage of this market where there are some more people in the market and really go after them and hire them. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, well, it does. And I'll throw one thing in and it's not the plug Aspen Tech, but I feel like get get some data that's not on the, you know, news headlines at night. Not everything that's happening in the space is only happening in Silicon Valley or only happening in tech companies. It's just it's a tremendous world of work out there. And a lot of times the headlines don't don't reflect what's really happening on the broader scale. Yeah. Mike, Mike, if you if you're if you're going to write that book, who are you going to give the first signed copy to? Um, I give it to you, of course. No, no, you can't give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only rule. The first signed copy. Um, you know, I. Uh, I'll tell you who I wouldn't give it to. I wouldn't give it to Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> they have not, they, everyone else in the world, I think, has been a customer of ours or is a customer of ours, it seems like. But those guys just like, hey, we're going to collect the job state ourselves. We're going to keep it uh, keep it in. But um, yeah, I have some really good friends at ZipRecruiter. So I would say maybe somebody over there. Maybe so. I think the CEO of ZipRecruiter just had a, a little cameo in the uh, last week tonight episode, John Oliver's HBO, where okay. he does this AI. If you haven't seen that, you should check it out. But he gets oh, yeah, I'll little, check it out. Yeah, right. It's really, it's really great. Well, look, Mike, thank you so much. We're so grateful for your time. We know you're a busy guy. We really appreciate you jumping on and, and sharing with our with our listeners and watchers. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Good stuff. Hang out. Don't go anywhere yet. Hang uh, out in the green room. room. Yeah. Stay in the green room. Stay in the green room. There we go. Really quickly, I just want to remind everybody uh, before we wrap up, uh, cxr.works slash up. That is a new membership for folks who have been displaced in the space. Uh, we're anxious to help them network, strengthen their community, and keep those skills sharp in between employers so that they're on the move. Uh, check that out. And then, of course, the upcoming lecture and any other series uh, and events we have coming up, you can see at cxr.works slash events. Uh, I think, did I miss anything, Jerry? Nope, you're good. Okay, that's it. We're going to say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.